What's going on guys? It's Chris, your host of Chris Behind the Mic, and welcome to another episode. This is episode two. I hope you all enjoyed episode one. It was such a blast to record as I sat down with Tanya. We looked at generation gaps and everything that kind of evolves around that. You can check it all out on Spotify, Apple Music, or the eight other platforms that is now streaming on. We're going to get started with episode two now with an amazing guest and an awesome topic. So for episode two, we're going to be looking at world issues, specifically in Canada, and the many things that work around that. So I knew for this type of episode, I had to have an educated and awesome, passionate guest. So I'm welcoming my best friend, Sierra, to the studio. Thanks for joining me, Sierra. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I'm actually so excited for this. We've been talking about getting together to do this for a long time. Uh, We have a lot to talk about, so I'm really excited. So to kickstart today's episode, we're going to be starting out by saying happy Pride to everyone in the community as this month, June, is Pride Month. Happy Pride. I'm really passionate about supporting the community and their rights, and it's nice to see how far this community has come. Um, Unfortunately, there's a lot that needs to be worked on still when it comes to equality, um, but for the most part, it's really had a positive impact on me and my life to see this community and how strong they've become. So the first big topic we're going to outline in today's episode is one of the biggest world issues today, racism. It's definitely something that needs a lot more conversation. Um, specifically, we're going to be talking about racism in Canada. Um, over the past few weeks, there's been a lot of things um, over the internet and over the news um, regarding racism in Canada. And we're going to be talking right now specifically about the Indigenous community. So most recently, if you've been seeing on the news or through your social media platforms, the remains of 215 Indigenous kids were found at a residential school in British Columbia. Um, This is something that has surfaced within the past few weeks and it needs to be discussed a lot more than it is right now. Um, I've been seeing a lot of posts on Instagram and Snapchat and stuff and I just really wanted to talk about this with Chris because this is something I'm so fed up with is the ongoing genocide um towards the indigenous community in canada it's 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 ridiculous i couldn't agree with you more sierra we definitely need to do a lot more research because we're talking about canada here we're in canada and this is really close to us so it's important that we realize that this is real it's happening and it's important that we look into it This is a topic that needs to be discussed within Canadian and American history books. Um, I seriously don't remember any topics about Indigenous culture in the history books. I know that in high school I was able to take a class called Indigenous Religions, um, but that really was the only form of, like, education that I had towards Indigenous culture. And 90% of the... Um, knowledge I have now on indigenous culture I just did myself I did the research myself and so to see something like this uh, surface onto the internet honestly wasn't that surprising to me because indigenous children and indigenous culture has been stripped from them because of Canada's residential schools Um, and these residential schools were funded by the government of Canada and religious communities And um, it's, yeah, like I said, it's not surprising to see this surfacing on the internet because this is only the beginning. Like, this is the tip of the iceberg. There's going to be a lot more discovered after this. And I I really encourage everyone to do their research about this type of topic because we need to do more towards the Indigenous community. 
You're right. And I think in schools, I know for me personally, if I were to pull out a history book right now and look through it to find something about indigenous communities, I would find something, but it wouldn't necessarily be up to date. And I know I talked about indigenous communities briefly in a history class, but for someone like Sierra who did all of her research, she has so much to back it up. But for me, I haven't done a lot of research. And again, briefly mentioned in history classes, but not very much was mentioned about this community of indigenous people. And ultimately, it's our job to expose Canada. This is so serious, and it's in our country. And obviously, there's not enough research because Sierra has done her research. But I don't know enough about this. So now that this has happened, I need to do more research on it. But Canada should be explaining this more in schools. Yeah, I'm thankful that in high school, we, like I mentioned earlier, we were kind of able to access a little bit of information regarding Indigenous cultures, like the class I had. We were able to go on, like, field trips, and we had guest speakers come in. Um, but like Chris said, it's time that Canada is exposed and should be exposed a lot more because people really don't know about these issues with Indigenous cultures. Like, it's it's just not mentioned anywhere. People try and keep it a secret. Um, and yeah, it's it's time. And I feel like people tend to think like, oh, it doesn't have to do with me or, oh, it was in the past. But this is more so evolving now because more things are happening and people don't have the research to back themselves up. Obviously, we're so fortunate to have people like Sierra who are willing to put in the time. But not a lot of people are doing that because in school it's not mentioned. I'm the type of person who loves to learn about different cultures and the way that cultures run, but it's very difficult because in school we more so focus on like the war in regards to history, but not very much what Canadians have gone through. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people don't actually realize the things that they are posting. A lot of people decide to just repost certain things without doing research on them and actually knowing what they're posting. You know, you could see someone that's being supportive of a certain community, but they might not know really anything about it. So this is, especially this topic, is something that Chris and I both encourage everybody to learn about and do your research about because it's a really, really important topic in Canada. It's we have such a dark history here and it's important for people like us to know about it. And it's also very important to realize that even though we are so fortunate to have such awesome social media platforms to spread the word about things like this, it's important to realize that when you post those types of things, you want to make sure you know what you're talking about. Obviously, it's awesome that we have activists that stand up and they want to have what's right. But you want to make sure you know what you're talking about so that way you're, you can teach future generations and people who view your posts because the more people that view your posts, the more people are learning about it. And I know I've definitely been guilty of posting something just because everyone else is posting it. Obviously, I want to post it to spread the word, but there's definitely been times where I haven't done my research and I haven't learned about what we're talking about. So with social media getting bigger and bigger and changing every day, I want to make sure to emphasize to use your platforms to spread the good, especially when it has to do with indigenous communities or something that has to do with Canadians because we are in Canada. And if you see something that you're unsure about, be sure to Google it. I know I've Googled a lot of things so that I could educate myself or ask people like Sierra who do have a lot of education on it because I'm sure they'd be willing to help you. So as we continue to look into Canada, a recent hate crime had taken place involving five family members in London, Ontario. Um, so London is actually very close to where Chris and I are from. Um, basically what happened was a family of five were struck, four of them were killed by a 20-year-old man, um, and 
researchers believe that it was a hate crime, um, that he specifically did it because they were Muslim. And um, this is something that has been surfacing and that needs to be talked about a lot more. I'm pretty sure he was charged with four counts of murder. And I'm pretty sure that um, terrorism charges are being considered as well for him. And with four of the family members passing away and the little nine-year-old boy who's now in critical condition, he will now be an orphan when he is out of hospital, which is so unfortunate because he lost his family because of this horrible crime. This really shows in particular that more action needs to be done. We're all really fortunate to have families, and so I can't imagine how devastating this is for this nine-year-old boy. Um, the fact that it was a hate crime says a lot about Canada. There's a lot of racism here in Canada. Canada was built off of racism. And I feel like a lot of other countries kind of look at Canada as a happy place. We are very diverse here, but there's a lot, a lot of racism and a lot that needs to be worked on here. Um, I know that there was a launch good, I think it's what it's called. It was a fund made for the nine-year-old orphan um, who suffered the loss of his four family members. Um, so you guys can go check that out for him. Yes, 100%. I will be leaving all the details in my Instagram and Facebook bios. You can go check out all the stories on there as well as some extra links to educate yourself on the Indigenous community. We need to do whatever we can to make this little boy feel loved as I can't imagine how devastating this is for him. So me and Sierra actually just took some time to look into the Launch Good profile and the fundraiser, which you can find in my bio. And there's currently 18,000 supporters supporting this little nine-year-old boy, which is absolutely incredible. That just makes me, feel, makes me feel so good inside. So if you want to join them, once again, the link's in my bio and you can either just educate yourself a little bit or if you'd like to donate, you can do that as well. Thank you guys for listening to the last two topics that Chris and I talked about, Racism in Canada. Um, it's definitely something that needs to be talked about but a lot more. I hope you guys learned something new from us um, and I hope you learned to do your research and just educate yourself a little bit more about uh, events in Canada. Um, our next topic is going to be about mental health and the way COVID-19 kind of affected us and the community around us. So yes, of course there was a lot of cons to COVID-19, but I tried to do my best to find as many pros as I could while living in this new pandemic lifestyle. I know for me, I was very fortunate to have two part-time jobs, which were both essential. So that kind of gave me a reason to be outside. I was able to go to work for a couple hours every week just to be able to get my mind off everything. So going to work was probably one of my favorite things because I was, again, able to get out of the house. But I think one of the biggest cons for me while living in this new lifestyle was the whole school schedule because it was all different, right? Because everything went virtual. So that was one of the drastic differences for me was everything was online. So I used to be able to get up at 7 a.m. every day. I would eat breakfast and then I would go to the bus and then I would go to school. But now I'm getting up right before school and I'm flipping over and going on my computer right away. So that's obviously a huge adjustment doing everything virtually, but we're really fortunate to have awesome teachers that know how everything works virtually on Microsoft Teams and Zoom and all that kind of stuff. So that was really awesome being able to do that. And I also did an online course before COVID as well. So I was able to kind of know the adjustment and how it would all work. And I know for you as well, Sierra, you also worked a full-time job during the COVID-19 pandemic. And what was that like? And what were the differences of regular life? Because it's obviously a lot different with things closing and curbside. So what was that all like for you? Um, so I actually got my job because of COVID. Um, I was hired in May of last year. They were pretty understaffed and they needed some extra people. And at the time, my brother was working there. So they just asked if I could come in. I didn't even get an interview. Uh, they just kind of took my resume and said, okay, come in on this day and we'll start. 
Um, so I've been there for a year and about a month now, and it's my favorite job I've had. I love the people there. Um, I love my job. And during COVID, like, I was working full-time every day, pretty much Monday to Friday or five days a week. Um, and it was kind of a distraction to everything that was happening. I mean, obviously, like I said, I got the job because of COVID, but it did distract me from a lot of stuff that was happening at the time. Um, in April of last year, we had to put my cat down and that was just kind of the start of everything in 2020 for me that just kind of went downhill. Um, but I'm pretty grateful to be in the position that I am right now. Like finally this Friday, it's currently Wednesday that we're recording this Friday. Everything's going to finally open up again. So our store is reopening because right now we're doing curbside. Um, so we're finally opening. Everything's getting back to normal. Chris and I, we both have, um, been partially vaccinated. So finally things are kind of coming into place. Um, but yeah, COVID definitely hit me hard. Like I gained a lot of weight <laughs> and I became pretty sad. Um, mainly cause of like putting my cat down that really hit me hard, but I did get a new kitten to like two, three days ago. So I know I literally can't wait to meet him. He's the cutest little kitty. His name is Thor. And I always knew you guys were planning on getting another cat soon. I obviously wasn't sure when, but the other day I was actually sitting in the lunchroom at my job on my lunch break. And Sarah was texting me all these pictures of cats and one of them was being Thor. And I was like, oh, like, what are these for? Obviously inside knowing that they were going to get another cat. And she was like, we're getting one tomorrow. And I was so happy because having animals is so awesome. And I always knew that they love cats. So I was like, they need another cat. So I was really, really excited. And I know exactly where you're coming from, Sierra, in regards to putting an animal down during the pandemic. Unfortunately, last year, we had to put our dog of nine years, Harley, down, who was a golden retriever. And he was absolutely amazing. He was my best friend. And losing him was such a challenge. And then with the pandemic, it made it so much more difficult. Um, I always loved coming home and seeing him. So not having that made it a very difficult challenge for me, especially, again, at the state of the pandemic. But I was able to have a lot of memories and a lot of pictures, which was awesome. And then eventually in December, we got our little puppy Packer, who's also a golden retriever. And we also have our little other dog, Maya, who's one year older. And having them has made it so much easier throughout the pandemic. As I go with them to play at the park or just come home to their positivity, it makes life so much easier, especially when a curveball like this is thrown at us. So if you're at a time in your life where you're questioning if a furry friend is right for you, I 100% say go for it. We've had a lot of animals in my house and Sierra's had cats as well and we strongly encourage it. They are such amazing companions to have and if you do ever get any animals, feel free to DM them to me. I always love seeing everyone's pets. Chris and I just wanted to say thank you to our frontline workers as well. We're pretty close to a couple of frontline workers. Um, Chris's mom is actually a hospital worker and one of our family friends is also working in the hospital. So we just wanted to say thank you to our community and stuff for putting your life on the line really and stepping forward to helping us recover from COVID-19 and um, supporting our communities. I couldn't have said it any better, Sierra. We are so fortunate to have such dedicated frontline workers. You guys took such a big role at an unexpected situation like this. And I know we would not be anywhere in the pandemic without the amazing support and love that you've given. So if you're listening right now and you are a frontline worker, just know that you are so loved and so appreciated and we're so lucky to have you. And a quick shout out to everyone working at home as well. I know it's been a very big challenge for many of us, but we're almost at the end and we're, we've all done amazing thus far. 
So next up, we're going to be looking at social media and the way that social media has really changed over the years and changed the way that we see ourselves. So social media can really play a dramatic role in the control of our lives. I know for me personally, I see a lot of things on social media that make me question the way I look or comparing myself. I know I see a lot of bodybuilders and muscular people and I'm a very skinny guy. So I start to question like, why don't I look like that? Why can't I look like that? Because I am very skinny and I've always been and not a lot of people ultimately look as skinny as I am. And I've always been self-conscious. So seeing that kind of stuff on social media makes me question a lot of things. One of the biggest things that I'm learning and that I want you to take away from this is the importance of loving your body and accepting your body because social media has evolved so much as well as the way apps work and many of the things we see on social media are very edited. So I could be comparing myself to the biggest bodybuilder, you could be comparing yourself to a model, but 9 times out of 10 those pictures are very edited. So you're comparing yourself to something that's completely different than your natural body. So I want you to be able to look at your body and realize my body is natural and my body is beautiful because I don't need to edit it. And that's one thing that you should be very proud of yourself that you're able to do that. I feel like this is something that a lot of women need to hear. Um, our bodies change significantly. Um, I find myself comparing my, my own self um, from when I was in the 10th grade to now. I am growing into an adult. I'm turning 19 this year and I'm still comparing myself to my body when I was not even starting development in grade 9 and 10. Um, I looked so different back then. I was thinner and I was shorter, obviously. And I was definitely in a lot more sports than I am right now. I'm not playing any sports. I used to play hockey. I played rugby for high school for a year or two. Um, and I played like elementary school sports. I played soccer too. And we just, we all need to accept that things change and our bodies change as we get older and um i'm still not really okay with it because i liked the way my body looked um a few years ago but again i'm still learning to accept my body that it does change you're spot on things are gonna change and it's gonna be an adjustment for many as people grow older and grow taller and go into puberty it's a big adjustment and a big change but over time comparing yourself on social media is not something that you want to do because many things again are not natural so just appreciate yourself and know that over time things will get easier i definitely want to emphasize on what i said earlier your body is always changing whether you're growing older or you're growing taller it doesn't matter what you're gonna go through your body is always always going to change but be thankful for the way your body is your body supports you it nourishes you it helps you walk it helps you breathe so just always be thankful for the little things in your life and that's a wrap of a pretty fantastic educational episode. Thank you so much for being here, Sierra. I learned so much from you, and I hope the viewers learned a lot as well. You had so much research to back yourself up in today's episode, and you were the perfect second guest to have on my show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so proud of you, Chris, by the way. I'm really glad that you're finally living up to your dreams, and I'm happy to be a part of it. I was so fortunate to be able to have you join me. You are an awesome second guest and you'll be back for sure. I cannot wait for that. Next week, we have a pretty amazing topic as well. So feel free to tune in. If you enjoyed this week's episode of Chris Behind the Mic, be sure to subscribe and follow on whichever platform you're listening to, as well as check me out on social media at Chris Behind the Mic for updates on future episodes. I'll see you soon.